Hello and welcome to Pause It Play It. First of all, thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far. As we all know right now, the world is in a pretty weird place. The UK is in lockdown and because of this, myself, Matt and Dan are unable to meet up for the podcast. However, the show must go on and we've moved our recording online. As we're still new to this, the audio quality isn't great on this episode. However, we've still got a full show where we talk about the intro songs to the first 1975 album and we discuss that album as a whole. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at the1975pod or you can email us at pauseitplayitpod at gmail.com. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Welcome to Pause It, Play It. I'm Josh. I'm Matt. And I'm Dan. I'm glad we got the order of that down, haven't we? Like, we never discussed what order it was going to be, but it's, we, it, we definitely know. Sa- we never even said, you know. We just sort of did it, and then we just do the same thing every week. So yeah. fucking natural. Uh, Absolutely. We, we were born for the, for the podcast booth. <laughs> Before they existed. Other than being three Caucasian males who obviously would start a podcast with a target yeah. demographic. That's it, yeah. Right, how are you enjoying lockdown, fellas? You know what? I am actually enjoying it because I get an extra two hours in bed, which means, I, well, I get two hours in bed, but also I don't have to commute home either, which means I get more time for exercise. I am that guy. I'm getting an extra nine hours in bed. <laughs> Work, working from bed um, what exercise are you doing? Um, running uh, skipping oh, there was a lot of hesitation Josh sir. did you hear that? as he had to think of some, <laughs> make some exercises <laughs> <laughs> um, some exercises are <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah running, skipping uh, I've got a resistance band that I can do bicep curls with and press ups that's cool. We've um, so we've got a garage now. Middle class is this. We've had a garage built, and so I've been going in there doing like these all these uh, home workout routines everyone's sharing. But I tell you what, doing doing a workout in a garage, just being lit by a torch, I felt pretty thug, you know. I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I felt I felt pretty tough, you know, in there. Did you have your hood up? Do I, I didn't have a hoodie on actually as well? Because it was cold. That would be better. Oh, <laughs> Have you got some like pull-up bars and shit in there? No, Callous, I've just got. I've just got um, just two dumbbells at the moment. But I'm gonna just try and get a pull-up bar. Empty garage with just like when you finish your workout, the two dumbbells go down. Boom. That's it. We're ready. I've I'll been out on my bike today a little bit. It wasn't like the. It wasn't that long. I think it was only like seven kilometers or something. So check the Strava. Check the YouTube. Seven k. YouTube. I need to find that chipmunk song. It might not even be on like YouTube anymore. After listening to like the first few videos on his channel, Chad YouTube. <laughs> I find it. Well, I, that song it's on Spotify, won't it? When you. Do you recognise so. the reference, then, Josh? You'd be the only person ever if you do. No, I just I just recognise it from every other week when you've said it since we've been doing this. Chad YouTube. <laughs> What, what, what will I find on the YouTube? You'll find how many followers I've got. Fucking hell. I am Chipmunk 2009. It's got <laughs> to be Chip Diddy Chip on it. <laughs> what a name. 
Chip. So for the uh, Chip, check the YouTube. So Go I think in last last week we were um, every every week we've been doing this now. Coronavirus outbreak has been getting worse and worse. Um, yes. To the to the extent now where we are locked down. So we're all in our own homes, looking at each other on Skype. It's kind of romantic. It is a little room, yeah. We'll I, I feel I, I feel like we need to have uh, split screen sadness playing. Check the weather wherever you are, cause I wanna know if you can see the stars tonight. It's my favourite skyline, oh, bro. It's fucking gorgeous. It is. It was Chip Diddy Chip. I'm listening to Chip Diddy Chip in the background right now. And, Chip um, Diddy Chip. Is that all oh, I like it? Chip Diddy Chip. And it says, and ain't nobody flopping me. I think that means all his <laughs> sexual partners maintain their erections. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody flopping me. Check the YouTube. Everybody's watching me. Check. I think I remember it was because I think Chris Miles went through these lyrics with him one morning and was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, we've got lots of subscribers. <laughs> oh, I think we have to at some point uh, get Chipmunk on this show. He's not got much else on, has he? Well, what else is Chipmunk doing, you know? We should start lower name. <laughs> Work our way up. Started with Chipmunk and now we've got Drake on. Yeah. yeah. Right, Chipmunk, now we're here. Damn Chipmunk, come on this podcast about the 975. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? what um, so, what have you been listening to in lockdown? Well, Josh, we're jumping the gun here. We've not asked what you've been up to during lockdown or how you're finding All lockdown. right. I don't hate it, you know. What about the greasy what, uh, hair? Well, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've not had a hot water all week. <laughs> so my hair is minking. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. Um, it's nice to have extra time in bed. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> the hardest thing, though, is, and I've been <laughs> seeing people online that are like, uh, you know, you have to go to the restaurant. You can just eat at home. You don't, you know, you can watch a movie. Just instead of going to the cinema, you just watch it at home. And I was thinking, like, that might be fine for you, person who doesn't have any hobbies. But Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If this is basically your life anyway, then you'd be fine. But if you go out a lot and you do lots of things, it's difficult. But I'm not hating it, but ask me again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Make a note of that. But Spain did uh, two weeks and then extended it by another 15 days. So, like, I'm a money listeners. Um, huh. he, he'd done his first week and was, like, halfway there, and they were like, nah, mate, not even, like, a quarter of the way there. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, they changed it after a week. So it'd be weird seeing those updates. I think it'll happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What I don't get, though, is that... If we, if I sit in my house, if we all sit in our houses, right, and so everyone who sat in the house for five days doesn't get it, because that's the incubation period, isn't it? Mm. So, that, so in five days, everyone who's not got it, then, <coughs> like, how how can people still get it? I don't understand how how that works. How people still manage it if everyone just stayed in? But it is. I think it's well. It's to do with the fact that so 
many people basically will probably already have got it. Yeah. And then even if they go back to their... It's like, if they go back to their house, they might give it to someone they live with. But then even if we are in lockdown, even if they go to the shop... Yeah, 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 put, yeah. Put, put their hand on, like, a door handle or something. Somebody else does. Yeah. And then, like... You or know, a stranger's th- breast. Or a stranger... <laughs> or a stranger's breast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy as, corona times. As we discussed last week, it can't be, um, can't be passed through traditional methods of coitus. So, <laughs> as long as you're not kissing, we're fine. No, no, it's three. Well, Maybe it's three. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you used the word traditional there. It's a very modern to eat ass, isn't it? And uh, you did mention it. Was... Yeah, it can be. What was the term? Uh, Fico orally. So yeah, just watch out, kids. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just stay off the rim in for six months. It might be exciting in your internet videos, but listen, mate, love. There are, li- there are lives at risk. 100. Um, hey, we're still doing what we're listening to. Because I, I, I've I've been listening to this... Uh, Will Smith put this thing on his YouTube saying uh, quarantine chill jams or something. And I think it's something to do. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? It was, But it's an absolute... No, it is. Like, I've, been, I've been working from home. I just like the name. Just bopping, man. It's sick. And I think somebody... People started mentioning this. Um, I think it's a girl has a channel called Lo-Fi or something and she does like similar stuff like these really like yeah, chill yeah. beats it must have something to do with it because the cartoon sort of like way that she draws herself was the same way the same graphic that was on the Will Smith one but um, yeah just so vibey man yeah that uh, Lo-Fi oh. hip hop one is really good yeah. I listen to that quite a lot everyone was just saying this is just like the Lo-Fi thing so I didn't know about the lo-fi, but hey, if Will Smith's posting it, it must be cool. Yeah. What, uh, what do you What do you search? Uh, oh, wait, I've Smith. just searched. I've just searched lo-fi, and there's loads of live videos on YouTube at the moment. Yeah. Um. There is. I can see it too. There's it. But the Will Smith one. In fact, I put lo-fi in, and it goes chilled cow. That must be the lo-fi thing. Chilled cow live. Chilled cow live. Then it's Will Smith. Chill beats to quarantine too, and then two more live, oh, yeah, live yeah. videos. You know what I've been listening to? Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Um, I've been listening to Hans Zimmer. Um, because I the saw soundtrack... that. I saw that on um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> the soundtrack to um, True Romance is really good. It's very samey. But the, the fact it's Sammy works for the film and every track is pretty much a variation of the opening titles or the ex- exact same as the opening titles. But it's just great background music. I don't think I've seen True Romance, you know. Oh, it's good. You want to listen to the uh, Hans Zimmer Holiday soundtrack? It's beautiful. To the film The Holiday starring Cameron Diaz. That one from Titanic and Jude Law. Gorgeous. That one from Titanic. Oh, Kate Winslet, there you go. <laughs> Kate Winslet, yeah. Do you remember when she released a song? She had a single. I saw her in a sex tape where some guy was drawing her. Oh, that's interesting. That's fucking hilarious. Like, where was Josh, insert can laugh to that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't, 
Wait, did you yeah, just make? Is that the Titanic scene, though? It's a scene from the Titanic, bro. Come on. I've never <laughs> seen that film. It's pop culture. This. I. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I only know that scene from just internet jokes. So it took me a while to really, uh, to really understand it. Um, what have I ever listened to? Um, Ben Gibbons <laughs> Facebook live sets. Oh yeah, that was really day. good. Live from his house. They happen. They've been great. Is, it, uh, is this Corona themed that he does that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's why. Corona, yeah. No, no. He's just he jumped on, but it was like straight away that he just jumped on, saying, "Well, everyone's stuck in the house now, so I'm just going to live stream every day." And um, every day as well, he does. Uh, he raises like loads of money for a different charity. So I think uh, this. Fi- Food bank in Seattle, he raised like two grand for. So, it's for him to play some tunes, yeah. I saw um, a funny tweet the other day. Pharrell Williams had tweeted something, a charity. He's like, oh, we need to raise this much money for this cause. I can't remember what they meant, or the cause was. Then someone just retweeted it with, I bet you text 15 of your friends. Yeah. Oh, God. Did you see? Uh, did you see the celebrities singing Imagine? Oh, guys, have you seen it, Dan? No, no. Oh my God! So it's um, it's this. I think Gal Gadot posted it, and it's basically just all the celebrity mates just singing like one line of John Lennon's Imagine each. Right. And I, good. I think the uh, no. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Perfect. It's, yes. It's it literally... It's the, it, yeah, no one had a good word to say about it. Because people would... I think I think the idea is that it was supposed to be about togetherness because there was the whole coronavirus thing. But everyone was just saying, like, this is terrible. People are dying and you're just singing a song. You know? <laughs> just donate some money. Yeah. Right, so... Um, so this is does this count? Well, this isn't really. It's not the debut episode, is it? But everything else being like the prelude. This is the main. This is the main continuity now, isn't it? it? Is this is what it's all been building up to? We're getting into it. As, so so far we have done the first four EPs, and we've sort of done them all the songs on them apart from songs which are now going to feature on the album. So we've done Face Down, Sex, Music for Cars, and Four. And now we're getting in song by song. So for today's episode, we're going to both go through the songs of 1975. And we're going to talk about it as an intro song and everything we think about that. And then we're going to get into like an overall sort of, not quite a review, but basically our thoughts about the, the debut album from the band. So... Um, if you've got any stories about the 1975 or any memories of when you first heard them, um, thoughts about this era or the EP era of the 1975, you can email us at at gmail.com or you can tweet us at the 1975pod on Twitter. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fucking great idea, the whole intro song thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Particularly the well, are you getting at 
that they keep doing it? Is that what you think is a great idea? Um, not necessarily. Just the just the whole thing. It was like because they built up what the band was over the EPs. That was essentially like no, that didn't act as like an induction. It was sort of like a it's like a palette wetter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then this, this is like this is near the introduction to the band. This album. This is like the Boys. main. It's like a canopy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hors d'oeuvres before the that's, main meal. That's what I was looking for, yeah. <laughs> and then they just yeah. went, like, and then it was like, right, this is the intro to the band. We're going to call this song the 1975 as well, which I love. It really brings together all the um, sort of ethereal tunes that they had, right? So, like we've discussed yeah. in the episodes, like that. Was it Dream Pop? Dream Pop, uh, it was. Wikipedia said. Uh, and I think that is it's a great like nod to all those songs that have been on the EPs, and then it yeah. fades out, and then the city just smacks you in the face, and you're like, boom, right, okay, this is what we're about now. And I just think, yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this today while doing my government-approved half-hour exercise. Um, <laughs> it, because I went for a run, I started off walking just to warm up while listening to this. I thought, this is exactly... It, it, my analogy is that it's like running. The 975 song is like walking to warm you up, but as soon as the drums <laughs> for the city hit, it's like just God's straight yeah, into, into it. I keep thinking about the, when I'm, whenever I'm exercising, and I am exercising more because we're on lockdown, um, that it's I'm starting to see it's like Boris mandated. Like, rather than you can leave the house once, it's like you must exercise <laughs> You must time. do it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what people are going to be. People are going to be like that, though, because it's like, right, I've got this one opportunity to leave the house and go it's into my do rights. It. It's my like... Rights. My mum has like never does any exercise, but she's been walking around the block tw- twice a day. But you know, don't tell the government. <gasps> but, Sorry, how many times, Josh? Uh, one stand, once, just the once, <laughs> just the one time. FFS. He, uh, when she goes for a second one, you should change the locks as punishment. <laughs> There's been some great memes about it, hasn't it? Oh, and, like so it's been. Like, I saw somebody on, like, just, like, this woman on the phone and, uh, like, but looking like she's being bitchy on the phone, like a cartoon. It's like me phoning Boris when my neighbour goes out for a second walk of the day. (laughs) (laughs) So so funny. Like, I don't know whether other countries are like us for that, though. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, it's serious, but we will immediately subvert it and destroy it. Like, I don't... The internet in general is like that, but I think it's so representative of a British sense of humour. Because Tim Berners-Lee invented the internet, so that's why you have memes. I think... Great, <laughs> great reference. I think it's because <laughs> British people are so quick to take the piss out of everything. And ourselves, uh, hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's so... It's such a British thing to, like, hear that and just think, like, right, well, you know, sort of... <laughs> how, <laughs> oh, it is, I love it, though. That's the thing about... I've been on Twitter as well. Twitter is yeah. so quick with all of it, isn't it? Yeah, I love Twitter. Where, where did we get to then? You can't check. Can you just, can't go back. We were just. I know. We, I think we we're just talking about it as just 
what we think yeah. of this specific song. Like, just the the inclusion of it on the album. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, nice intro. Just, it's a lovely intro, isn't it? But it's I like it that it's almost like, because you said, Matt, it was, it's the intro to the album, then it sort of, like, sets you up for the city coming in. I like that it's like they thought about it as in, right, this album is going to be, this is how the album's going to run if you listen to it all the way through. You know, rather than like just it being like a collection of songs. Yeah. Because if I scroll up here, you will see, because we're sharing screens, uh, there's a quote here. Um, I think the best album is the one where every track could be a potential single. Both our EP centre around a lead track while showcasing a wider body of work, whereas we feel the album is at lead track after lead track. Now, not that I think they would, but if you think that is lead track after lead track, maybe you just think, right, well, this might be more of a... We might think of this as more of a compilation of all our great songs rather than like a sort of sequential sort of flowing album as a whole, and that's why I like the inclusion of it. So it's really the greatest hits. That's what they should have called it. Like Gordon and Chain, greatest album, greatest. Yes, I I can imagine Matt having to be talked down from that. I know it's our first album, but we're going to call it the greatest (laughs) hits. Jamie, (laughs) no. (laughs) But I can think there are songs and albums where you get that are like they're definitely more of they work as the album opener. So, uh, like, Different People by Biffy Clyro, that sticks out as one. But I can't think of an album where it's literally just, like, the intro song, and this is so obviously the intro song before the album. Can you think of any others like that? <sighs> there definitely will be some, won't there, but I just can't. Yeah. I imagine Panic at a Disco would do something like that. But like yeah, stuff like uh, God, um, like the New Year by Death Cab. That's yeah. like that's such a good opening song to an album, but it's not specifically an intro song, like an opening song. What about the What about Sam's Town by the Killers? I'm sure that's got an intro song. No, oh, no, yeah. it's because it starts. Sam's Town is the song, then it goes into the interlude one, which is ah. like that. And then it's uh, when you were young. I tell you what, you you are bang on there. I've just got it up on Wikipedia. I could probably go through it next. Is Bling? Yeah. Uh, Read my mind next. No, it's not. Ah, reasons unknown. Yeah, then it's Read my mind. Ah, then is it Uncle Johnny? It is. Oh my God! And then. Oh Jesus! Well, yeah, single bones. Yeah. And then is it my list? It is. The river is wild. Yeah. Exit lewd. No. I've missed Go one. Miss yeah. Why do I keep counting? Ah, uh, and then it's exit lewd, isn't it? Yeah. And for more, uh, the killers uh, trivia. <laughs> 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 keep listening to. <laughs> um, if either you can't sweat out does have an introduction but it's not it can never be considered a song it's just a lot of sound effects really ah uh, okay oh yeah 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 um so 
Yeah, what do you think of just them including a specific intro song on the album? Because we know the EPs had, a lot of them started with the more ethereal one, like intro set three and stuff like that. But what do you think about including it on the album? I think it's a great idea because let's say you take it off, you open with the city. Even if you've never heard that song before, that is a strong opening track. You are gripped from the beginning, but I think by having this vibey song before it, it's the calm before the storm that makes the storm a bit more epic. I think it lends a lot of credibility back to the uh, EPs as well. Like, you know, to have really left all that sort of dream pop stuff behind would have been like, it'd make them less meaningful, I think. It really sort of goes... I think he sort of closes the loop on them a little bit and says, you know, that was part of it. Here's a transition into the famed John Hughes teen film soundtrack yeah, that we've been talking yeah. about for the last few months. I suppose if you want to make, you know, that comparison, this could almost be like the opening credits. Oh, go on, Josh. Uh, That's why they yeah, pay the big right. bucks. Crawl. <laughs> yeah, it's the opening crawl. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, and then in, com- obviously, because this is on the next two albums as we know it, this song. How do you feel about the the idea that they changed the song to keep the sort of the same structure, the same lyrics and everything like that, but then they changed the musicality and stuff like that? How do you feel about that from album to album? I think it's very, very good. Um, no, I, I think it's... Uh... It's very clever, isn't it? They are yes. the same band. Um, hey, let's jump into GCSE Media Studies. I can't even think of <laughs> what the word is, uh, but there's like a, I remember Mr. Bateman he used to tell me that the people want stuff that is the same but different. And as they're completely changing, um, they're, you know, every album is stylized totally differently. It's usually a different sound and different approach to production um, and, you know, different colours associated with it as well uh, are yeah, no colour whatsoever in this case um, they it's a great way to tie it back and remind you like here's something familiar that you've heard twice three times before as things go on um, but we're approached here it is presented in a different way and I think that's really it's an interesting thing to explore anyway because I, I find just music production really weird that a song is chords and lyrics and then However, that's produced totally makes it into a rock song or a country song or or whatever. Yeah. Not, not that they're making country music, but um, yeah, yes. so I think it's it's just a great way to tie it with three albums. I think it's really clever. I I don't know whether they thought of it at first, and that was always the plan. Or they came up with it, you know, after the first album. But I'd be interested to know that. But if I was Matt, I'd say that it was the plan all along. So can't trust it. I think it kind of works um, as a, a pop music overture. So the overture, which would be in a, a musical um, before the first act of a, a musical, the overture is the piece of music that takes a piece of all the music throughout the musical, say musical mm. Uh, and that help, kind of gives you an, a look into the story before the story begins. So the overture kind of works as a blurb on the back of a book, I suppose, but a musical blurb. And I think 
the 1975 on each album is that blurb, but because it's music, I'll call it an overture. Beautiful. I think you've just I feel so it. unprofessional compared to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you've nailed it there, Matt. Yeah, but again, we don't know if that was the intention. Well, it won't surprise me if it were, you know. Yeah. Because I, I get the feeling that... Go on, Joshua. I say, yeah, we are. This is the first time we've done it by via Skype, so we are, you know, we gotta get used to this. I I love the way that they change it album to album, because it's mm. because so much around, because particularly with like the visual identity of all the stuff, so much around the band changes, especially if you think from album, you know, particularly album one to two, sort of going from like the sort of black and white sort of pretty let's, let's say emo i don't know if it's the exact right word to the all of a sudden the fluorescent pink the flowers the neon all that that's like you know diametrically opposed and i like that it's just something else it's just another facet of the band that they're changing it's like right we've got this thing you're familiar with but we're changing that and this is what it is and then that, I mean, it happened again with, you know, with the one on Brief Inquiry as well, which is my favourite one of the, th- the three, actually. Yeah, I think it's mine as well. Because it's like, right, it's not so much now about the whole visual identity thing changing. It's just about the way we're doing things. And it's like, I, I like that on particular how it's just Matty and a piano, but also it's massively overproduced. So again, I like it's, and that's what the album is about. It's like, right, we've got stuff that's just so like so well produced, like electronic stuff, and then there's also there's so many like acoustic sounds on the album. I like the idea that it's a concise. This song, this what two minutes, whatever it is, is like a, a concise look into what what is forthcoming on the album. Yeah. So and then getting into that, let's just jump into uh, just live as well. Because obviously this is the, the, their opening song. Um, so how do you feel about it when you hear it live? And then like when you sort of, obviously you were, this is the time when this album came out, you're watching them a lot. The first time you heard this live? I don't recall the first time I heard it live, but I feel like it's a no-brainer to open with. It's just an opening track, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be disappointed I'm... if they didn't open with it. I remember him talking about the like the start of the live shows um, at the start, and he, he was saying um, that when it gets dark, that's when you know it's coming on. But that they had a thing. Oh no! So yeah, they had a really bright light um, that gradually faded out, and then like this really like yes. deep tone that gradually like faded up in volume. So yeah, this, yeah. so it just it created just loads of tension in whatever room they were playing in. Um, and then to drop straight from that, like this, uh, like at the point that it's there, you go, you can clip that. Um, you can, uh, uh, for it to then drop into that intro song, it, I think it works so well, like because the tension of building people wouldn't even know why they were feeling so tense as that, like the lights faded and the uh, um, and the music came up like that. And it's going, Poof, we're now into the intro song, it's like it's happened. Ah! I loved the the whole era of the huge light 
And then, because yeah. obviously, usually, like, when you when you go gigs, usually, like, this obviously everyone knows the Methodist. Like, they're just playing like tunes. The the um, the venue is just playing tunes. Then all the lights go out, and the band come on. I loved yeah. that for like what 15, 20 minutes before there was no music. It was yeah. just that yeah. bright light and just that ominous tone. And it's almost it's it's just so like it's like right, well, welcome to this. It's almost like the um, second installation piece. It's like yeah. this isn't just going to be about the band playing the tunes. And obviously, we know that from looking at the sets, like the actual set design now. Yeah, it's going to be like this. Is going to be like the whole thing. It's going to be the experience before the gig. It's going to be the visual, the like the sound experience during the gig as well. Um, it's still my favorite one. Of my favorite intro is what they do now, because they've still got the bright light and all that. But then the lyrics come on. And you get it like word by word. Oh, you know, on, oh, the, uh, yeah. on the screen at the back. And yeah. Even the awesome. bit where it says like piano in brackets. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's just a complete performance, isn't it? They they take it so seriously. Well, yeah, but that's, and that's, you know, that's, that's as well why I don't sort of, I don't believe that it really anything this band does is accident. Maybe in the very early days, yeah. But I, I feel like they probably had an idea, right? This album is going to be this. This is the concept of the album. We're yeah. going to have an intro song. This intro song is going to be the live song. And we can change it album by album. And we've seen maybe... I mean, I, I don't think this. But maybe they thought that, right, it's had its time. And that's why on, on notes, it looks like it's, the intro song is just going to be the thing with Grethenberg. Yeah. Well, it's... Her speaking over the music, is it? I think I don't think it's I don't think it's this music. Uh, I think okay. it, I think it's completely separate. I think the only thing is just it's the intro song, and it's it's called the 1975 as well. By album four, they probably have flogged it enough, haven't they? That horse <laughs> is well and truly dead. <laughs> Stop flogging it, Matt. Um, Live, it was interesting to see them start introducing stuff like this as well. You know, they started with the set design and everything, and you saw, you know, coming from small stages, watching them support bands um, into having that freedom to explore that because you can't really take your own set round to support people and stuff. I can imagine Matt trying, John, like, uh, <laughs> Ross, Adam, why is the set not sorted? Like, what? Because <laughs> we're supporting little comics. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that that was like a whole new expression for us, and all you suddenly you see like almost your contemporaries, people that you've chatted to after gigs and stuff. You're like, ah, oh, whoa, they're in a proper band now. Look, mad. So yeah, that was an interesting element to do with this song, I think, and the and well, and the start of the album. I think uh, so. I mean, we've talked about you know how we think it's like the grand idea doing the intro song doing all that but if you know it's a song about blowjobs <laughs> but it, you know it's not the lyric is literally you know the lyrics are about blowjobs really aren't they in, in a car which is a stupid lyrical analysis <laughs> but you know what I mean I just love that they do something like this but then they just you know, if you look at some of the lyrical content of the EPs as well, it just does not surprise me that they wrote a song about something like this. Yeah. Yeah, lyrically it sort of references sex and stuff, doesn't it, being out in the car and 
like yeah and that musically it references the songs from before the album it does help just bring it all together so i've just been looking at the lyrics on genius and the annotations it's just made me think going back to the overture reference that i made uh if you were to highlight Go Down, it says a fairly appropriate opening lyric, as the subject does appear often throughout the album. And then just going through, uh, Soft Sound, this lyric is also used in Settle Down, Midnight Car Light, that is like sex. So maybe the 1975 is actually an overture. Literally. Well, because the lyrics, each line sort of can summarise a song on the rest of the album. Yeah, I mean, not... Uh, I'm not saying this is a watertight theory. <laughs> yeah, it's not song by song, is it? But it it, it, does, it references some well, of the Well, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, playing with the air. Don't know what that could be. Breathing in your hair. Again, don't know what that could be, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, like you say, man, it's not watertight, but I think it's got some. It's got some merits. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like it. Says I'd rather jump in your bones because that to me is like a real dad way of saying shagging. Oh, jumping some bones. But it's it's weird because it, isn't the expression just jump your bones, not jumping yeah. your bones? Is yeah, it, yeah. Is, is it not one of them things that split round that spoonerism thing? No, uh, I don't think it's that line. No, I th- I thought it was. I thought it was like twice. I thought I did it twice. Again, you're going to be loving the editing. Step into your skin. I'd rather jump you bones. Yeah, okay. So it doesn't, it's not like that, is it? But it's, um, I think they both make sense. It's just the fact that they, they've yeah. just, I mean, I think intentionally, but they've just, the, the saying, it's just, they've just altered it. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that. Pro- side, it? it probably maybe, is. Yeah. Maybe it was a bit too daddish, you know, like, Roll-ups and specky brew. <laughs> Don't you balance. The Northern Dad reference you've made there. Well, I can imagine uh, Timothy Healy saying that. <laughs> I don't see... I don't foresee a day in my life when, when somebody gets pregnant, I won't go, sorry, does this mean that you've been having sex? <laughs> like, even to, to my own, like children and shit i just think it's such a fucking hilarious moment when everyone goes oh congratulations i'm just like shagging yeah was... i'm the same i'm exactly the same I'm like oh, that means you've had sexy intercourse how did you do it you yeah. dirty motherfuckers that was like that thing danny said when it was like um what was it are you telling me that you have sex outside of the missionary position and for reasons other than procreation <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes she did, she did it outside. Uh, all right, have we got anything else to say about the song? No, I don't think so. Is it about blowies? I think it is. I just think it is. Yeah, it probably is. Do you, know, <laughs> do you want to know George Daniel's last scene? Our last scene yeah, today. At, last <gasps> scene today <laughs> at 2150. Yes, this is the feature. (laughs) (laughs) Why have we not thought of this before? (laughs) So, I got it. I don't think this has been in a previous podcast, though, so we'll have to explain this. Do you want to explain it? You you take it, Josh. So, back in the day, 
Dan and George swap numbers. Although you've never, never, have you never messaged each other? Is that right? Do you know what? This is the truth, right? I think because we were friends on Facebook, I think Facebook basically published his number to my phone at some point. Because oh, really? I would sync my Facebook contacts with my phone. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not on Facebook anymore, yeah, but I'm trying yeah. to think back to how it works. And it would give I you think, whatever yeah. contact details were available to Facebook at that time. And then for some reason, Google's kept it. So I've George Daniels' phone number. I'm hoping it'll come in handy one day. <laughs> well, if you ever need someone to do a techno set for you in quarantine, I think George is your guy because that's what he's been up to this week. Did oh, you no see way. that? No, yeah, you did an Instagram live techno set. Sick. I was, so I watched it for about 30 seconds, nodding along, pretending I like this sort of music, and then I turned off. I like George, yes. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool he did it anyway. But yeah, so so on a, when was George Daniel last seen on WhatsApp? The answer is... <laughs> 2150. Only, tw- when, when was it? 17 minutes ago. Guys, urgent update. George Daniels' last scene has just updated to 21.36. We're recording this podcast at 21.38. Holy oh, shit. my God. He's on WhatsApp right now. Big up WhatsApp. Brought by Facebook. Huge corporate. <laughs> you should definitely not call him. Don't, we're calling on the last day of the podcast when we, when we get last... updated with all the albums. We'll phone him. Would you would you phone him and say, "Hi, George, it's it's Dan. We're recording a podcast." Or would you sort of phone him, pretend to be someone else, and keep him on the phone as long as you can? I think that would be the uh, real radio feature, wouldn't it? We get three different chances to prank call George Daniel with our three mobile numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll nip to Spar and get another sim. <laughs> <laughs> If he ever listens to this, he's going to be looking around. I'm sure I can change my number. <laughs> well, it's been years and Dan's not rang him, so I think he's quite safe with the current number. What if we phone him and I just go, oh no, it's George Daniel from the Deckers, the Decking Company. Fucking hell, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Worst end is the podcast ever build up to it over the next six months. Yeah. Six months, Dan. We're going to be here years. Yes. As long as they keep making music, we'll be here talking about it. Cause we're very big fans of them. <laughs> Did you see the spread? You saw the spreadsheet. There was dates on the spreadsheet, right? Did I send you that version? How are we going against those dates? Well, if we release... I think we're already a little behind. <laughs> if we release one a week, it takes us to like the end of 2021 at the moment. Holy shit. Yeah. That's with the predicted 22 tracks on notes. Have you um, put in the coronavirus? You know, we might have a second one. Coronavirus doesn't stop us, mate. Look at us Skyping away. The show must go on, mustn't it? Right, so now let's... So these shows as well, they're going to act as sort of like the shows that are going to review the album as like a whole. So we'll get into it. The nine seventy five released second of September two thousand thirteen. Just in time for my birthday. Well, twenty one days prior, but you know. 
it's enough time to get you a get you a nice present and a card. Yeah, exactly. Dad, 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 can you get me this album for my birthday, please? <laughs> so six and a half years ago, basically. That's crazy. I remember like it was yesterday. See, I had it six and a half years. This seems like ages ago this came out to me, you know. It's weird. It feels like that, that period that the EP spanned, was it like a couple of years in the end? Like a year? Just just a year. Yeah, yeah, a year? Yeah, a year. When we've discussed like how far away the EPs are from where we are now, it felt like, oh my God, I'm so old. But like, I think six and a half years. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can get my head around that for the album, actually. Yeah. But that six and a, that seems like ages ago to me. Sorry, it feels like the album came out ages ago, but six and a half years doesn't feel that long ago. Mm. If yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. If you had a baby on the day this album came out, it'd be six and a half years old, which yeah. in child terms is massive, isn't it? Mm. Like if you had a six and a half year old, they could easily just walk in. No. Give you a bit of jip. Ask for <laughs> yeah. jip. Dad, why are you being so self self indulgent and spending all your time talking about some random band instead of giving your daughter attention? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, basically, what I can't, what do you think of the album? I know it's a pretty general question, but I don't know if it's just because of the memories you have attached to it, but I think it is my favourite of their albums. I remember asking you, yeah, I asked you that once and I think it was after the second album came out and we had a bit of time to sort of listen to it. And at the time you said it was, you still thought the first was your favourite. So even now, now we're sort of like, we've got another album on, you st- you're still sticking by that it's your favourite. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they tried to make a, uh, where am I going with this? They tried to make it easier to access album, if that makes sense. I feel like when it came to albums two and three, they were like, we've got our fan base. People are going to buy this regardless. So we're going to be a bit more arty yeah. in left field. Whereas this, I felt they was trying to stick with more pop and easily accessible tunes, but also with the 1975's vibe. Well, my Healy said, let's have a look. Uh, I think the best albums are the ones where every track could be a potential single. Both are EP centre around both our EPs, so you must have said this after sex. Um, so the EP centre around a lead track while showcasing a wider body of work, whereas we feel the album is lead track after lead track. Oh, see, I disagree with that. In what have respect? Either of you, have either of you seen High Fidelity? No. Well, neither have I. However, I'm familiar <laughs> with this quote. Um, and it is uh, the making of a great compilation tape like breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem you've got to kick off with a killer to grab attention then you've got to take it up a notch but you don't want to blow your wad so then you've got to cool it off a notch There there are a lot of rules so what I'm getting at there is if you have lead track after lead track, it's not a good album because it is 9, 10 out of 10 all the way yeah, through. Yeah. And you need the peaks and troughs. 
And I think that's what they've done. I think they've done it perfectly here with Open with 9.75. It does grab your attention, as that quote from Fidelity suggests you should do, but it's not a banger. It's not like 8, 9, 10 out of 10. It just grabs your attention. You go, oh, what is this? But I, I, I agree in that I don't think... There are songs on here that aren't sort of single tracks. No. I mean, you know, Money. Money, Talk. talk. Um, yeah. Enswear. As good as yeah. these songs are. They're, really, they, these, they're not singles, are they? No, no, they're not no. lead tracks. I no, think no. There are, there's, there's a lot on here that that is. And I think there's probably seven or eight... I mean, they did release a lot of singles and like you know a few music videos for this for this album, but there's there's a lot on here where you would think any of these could be a single. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe "Pressure" was never a single. I love that song. Oh, what's the other one as well? Uh, "Settle Down." That "Settle Down." Yeah, that wasn't a single, was it? No, I don't think so. Ah, it was that one. That one wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I always see them together because they started playing them at the same time live together. And that's same, we were like I can't to distinguish them. Yeah, they were good. it was a great time listening to them on YouTube. Just thinking, holy shit! Like we knew the album was going to be good because we knew Chocolate, Sex, Robbers. We'd heard the EPs, um, the City Story as well. But then to um, to start hearing these songs being played live and ending up on YouTube, A, that was showed that they were gaining huge momentum. People who didn't know them were putting these live videos up. Um, and all, yeah, and we, we were going, shit. So there's other ones as well. This like, this isn't a fluke, these like three or four songs. Yeah, it's this, like, yeah, the, album's yeah. gonna, the album's coming, man. And I remember at um, Dot to Dot Festival, um, Manchester, I think, didn't you get kicked out, Junior? Yes, I did. I think I'm... <laughs> I don't know whether it was the same year that you got kicked out, but I, I remember Andy told me about seeing him at Doctor Dot. I wasn't there for that one, uh, but Andy T was there. He heard Girls for the first time. He was like, Dad, this is song. It must, I do, it must be called Girls. I'm sure it will be called Girls. He was like, what, what, What's it like? And like, imagine, I, I don't think I heard that live before the album. I don't remember it because I was too drunk to remember it, and that's why I got kicked out. You were having a good time. Ah, oh, so drunk. Um, but I can't remember I got into that. But yeah, like heart down and so heart down and settle out. There you go. <laughs> um, I can't distinguish them because they are the you know reasonably different songs or probably the same BPM ish. But um, yeah, f- f- started hearing them at the same time and was like, whoa, what is this? What are you saying, Josh? I mean, it was it was different because I didn't. I'd not heard. I'd really only heard the the lead singles before. Yeah. Before this, um, I. Do you know what? I'll be honest. It took a little bit of getting into. Really, for me, like I listened to it, and I, even though I listened to the album, I was like, "Yeah, I like it," but oh, I'm just really going to go back to the singles. But it was over time, and it was just on like more listens. It was stuff like, it was those album tracks that like heart out. I was like, oh, actually, this is this is fucking great, and like settled down and stuff like that. And then yeah, when you more like it's weird when you when you're more into it like that, then you sort of feel more inclined to listen to it as a whole, 
and it's like right i want to give time and listen to this album and I, yeah I really you see it, it, was, a... it was only when i sort of like yeah like the full body of work yeah it was only when i listened to it i think i started listening to it in order and the whole thing i was like oh right okay i get it i get the complete the complete like vision of the album like i get the whole thing just fits yeah and that was when i was like and i was it was like listening to do you know what it were it was um because yeah like i said i'd listened to it but it was just like the lead singles that i was really getting into and it was listening to i remember girls came on the radio once and i was yeah, like well. oh yeah this is this is 975 and then like i was listening to profit and i was like oh my god actually this is this is so good and yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe I should give that ba- that band that Matt really likes another listen. <laughs> and that's when that's when I started. That's when I was like, and I was like, oh my god, there's so much going on in this album. There's so yeah. many. Because I think as well, and another thing, in like mainstream guitar music at the time, what 2013. This is after the main sort of like indie revival of the noise. So bands like Arctic Monkeys, things like that. They they'd had their peak. Bands yeah. like sort of you know ones that weren't quite on their level, but people like the Kooks, Block Party, Franz Ferdinand, bands like that. They were really they were releasing stuff, but it was sort of a bit more. It was drifting into obscurity. Yeah. So there yeah. weren't there weren't a lot of bands really in the mainstream that people who in the previous decade had listened to so much guitar music. Yeah, and. When I listened properly, I was like, "Oh no, these are that band. This is now. This is who we're now going to take over as that British band that are going to make this sort of music." Yeah, I agree. Like in in, in the background of like a, a load of like pop music and stuff, and like it was so high quality. It's always been mad to me that they've never like they grew up with us like the same age as like me and my mates, and they've never referenced like Blink or Green Day's um, influences ever. Uh, but they must yeah. have been. Well, we know we know they used to play like Green Day covers like when they were kids and Blink covers, oh, yeah. and um, yeah. I think even like New Frank Quarry covers and stuff. Um, we know know for a fact that they did. They were little skater punk kids, so. But they've all, they must have really said we're not gonna like ever reference that, and like the references have always been like Michael Jackson and shit like that, like Wendy Houston. And, yeah, yeah. Um, that was I remember like hearing him discussing the shit in interviews and expecting him to be mentioning pop punk bands and stuff, and they never did, and that must have been such a decision that they made never to say that they were. I know, like you can say them. The music isn't influenced by that, maybe, but but they are. Their childhood would have been, and it's oh yeah, definitely. They've never like referenced that ever, and um, that's always been a, a bit of a weird one for me. I'm like, why do you want to admit like a blink? What's what's my age again? Blink. Have you ever seen that uh, footage of uh, Matt's queuing up for a Motion City soundtrack gig? And he said, no. and he says, Motion City rock my socks but his voice breaks when he says rock uh, it's just so funny <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, go on YouTube that anyone listening at home mm. I've not seen that so well what you would search oh I bet <laughs> I can hear you type away in your keyboard 
<laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so if you Google Matt Healy, Motion City soundtrack, Elizabeth Walker has uploaded a video of it. Thank you, Elizabeth. If you was, it must, guess it was on the Motion City DVD or something, which is mad that they must have had a lot of footage to... Oh, that's brilliant. Honestly, you should just watch it. Right, he's, a, he's in a takeaway, getting get interviewed, and just a little wink at the end. That's funny. So, Josh, there you go. Podcast notes. It's in the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please see a link in the description below to somebody's illegal upload of a scene from a Motion City soundtrack DVD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something that we can go back to when we talk about sort of music that was popular in 2013. So the number one selling or streamed, whatever you want to call it, song in the UK in 2013 was Let Her Go by Passenger. Oh, yeah, I remember that. This yeah, this was this this era of music in like the mainstream. This is was proper. This was the this was coming to the peak of that EDM pop stuff. So yeah. it's like a were huge. Yeah. What about Passenger there on the other side, like um, acoustic singer songwriters? Well, yeah, because it's like the it's the Ed Sheeran stuff, isn't it? Uh, yeah, nothing in the yeah A team and everything in that area. Well, because when Ed Sheeran blew up, then that's when you were getting so many like of these yeah. Mother's Day compilation like acoustic. <laughs> oh, that's that's such a backhanded. So I don't even know if it's a backhanded compliment, but it's such a great way of describing a genre of music, which is ultimately very insulting. Do you know? Do you know what though? Like honestly, it's not that this acoustic sort of stuff. It's not. For, it's not for me. I'll be honest. But that's that's at that time. That's what it were. You had your yeah. In the pop music, it was either acoustic singer songwriter or just EDM. Martin Garrix, Avicii. Yeah. Sort of. And I've I've got time for those songs. Honestly, like I listen to Levels by Avicii now. I think I listen to that and I think this is really good. This serves its purpose as a mainstream dance song. Yeah, but well, it's not for but, me. Like, it's not for me. I'm not. I'm not the demographic. I, in 2013, I was a skinny, long-haired white boy still listening to Blink 182. You know. Why are you in uh, 2020, Josh? <laughs> Just slightly <laughs> less skinny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we, if that's why I go. Uh, look at the top five selling singles in the UK 2013 it really does back up your point there so you got number one Passenger Let It Go number two Radioactive by Imagine Dragons which to be fair I really like that song uh, three Pompeii by Bastille then it's yeah. uh, oh. Ho Hey Oh Hey Ho The Lumineers Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then number five is Daft Punk Get Lucky which is a tune. Yeah, that's a great song, but I mean that that fits into well. It was that it's essentially it's a dance song, isn't it? But th- oh, yeah. this is when like the charts were like being filled. And I bet if you look at, or maybe not, but I bet like top selling singles in two thousand six, you're gonna get 
all the aforementioned indie bands and stuff like that. And I feel like when you when you listen to the 975 as well, you sort of get a feeling that they they're coming more from the world of the the guitar music influence. Yeah. Yeah. What was mad for me, what, what like my it was di- the different because say say we were just making music and we were copying bands like Blink or whoever we were copying, probably heavier stuff later on. Um, that but the the bass lines I play bass uh, were always just following like the guitars, power chords, and just playing really simple sort of bass lines that had no like funk to them, like always like pick picked parts and stuff so to have like the, even back then in like chocolate and sex not lesser in sex but definitely in chocolate um to not have that sort of linear the baseline yeah yeah um, <laughs> the, it brought something new to it it definitely like brought a different genre of music into it and it like remember that's when we, when we were first hearing them when we were playing with them it was like whoa this is different to what we do i think you got george who's drumming is not based in pop punk it's basically more like i don't know jazz or something like he, he, he yeah. knows what he's doing um and then so like the the bass and the drums in the 1975 have always been what gives them a style that's different from that sort of just standard guitar bass rock to me and that's what's it really sets them apart. Underappreciated they are, I think. Those two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Not from us, obviously. I no. personally think Ross is well, no. They all all four of them add just something so great to the band, don't they? I think you take one of them away and you've just not got that band anymore. Which I know is an yeah. obvious thing to say, but Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I they're all mean. irreplaceable. Yeah, but there's plenty of people where you could drop the bassist out and put someone new in and play the same parts and so what. But I think I I do really agree with you that those comment that that comment is so relevant to the 1975. It's they do all bring their own element to it, and like nobody's going to come up with those Adam Han little um, little riffs and stuff, those little picking patterns and stuff. It's just they all it's come together good. I don't think you could get two people that could write two guitar parts like Adam and Matt can that would just fit so well together. Yeah. yeah. It is they, they're like almost go unnoticed. They just fit into the song so well that you're not going, that's the guitar parts. Obviously, there are moments where you would, but on the whole, so say like in Chocolate, both the parts are very subtle picked parts. But when they combine, it just completes the sound. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good example of that chocolate actually because it's it's weird how it's like you say both guitar parts are playing like sort of these picks, you know, these like lines, but it's not a riff as you would think of it. It's a no. loop, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, but it's it neither of them works on their own. Yeah, and it's the it's the same with girls as well. Like, yeah. you know, the the guitars work. The, they both work together. They're not like individual ones. It's not from like the previous, like we said, with like pop-up music where you'd get one guitar playing the riff and then like the rhythm guitar playing the chords underneath it. It's not, it's not that style. It's more... And they've got... They take from so many different genres as well. Like, 
if you take the guitar part in Sex, for example, at the end, it's tapped, it's finger taps. Yeah, and yeah, like, brilliant. Where, wow. where metal, it's metal, isn't it? Like, where, where else do you see Absolutely, finger taps? Yeah. Apparently, metal solos, but they're doing it in an indie rock song when it works so well. It does. Right, so should we get into? Um, so you've been seeing them for a while before then. When this album came out, so like full release, how did how did like going seeing them live change? Because like, was there a point where you knew, like, what are you laughing at? Because uh, uh, how it changed was it became a lot more fucking difficult to get tickets, and that <laughs> is the moment I knew that they were they were big because like why can't i get tickets anymore this is i I just couldn't understand it and i I think it was actually it would have been around this time september 2013 i think it would have been how would it been then no maybe not anyway there was one leads there's one headline tour where i I was just Can so I guess young. what you're gonna say? Go on. Did you drive to Sheffield? No, no, that was a separate time. Ah, uh, right. Oh, never mind then. Uh, but I will now cover that story. That's <laughs> pretty cool. So me and Andy T, who you probably will get referenced quite a lot, we watched the Neighbourhood on like a Thursday night in Manchester. Then watched him. Um, oh no, I wasn't in Sheffield. Oh, I, I mixed up my stories, but I should con- I shall continue. So me and Andy watched the neighbourhood two days in a row. Once in Manchester, then the next day in Leeds. Uh, but also we saw them support nine seventy five in Sheffield. But my point was, it was a definitely September because it was around my birthday. I can't remember what year it was was but I had I was just so used to not having to get 975 tickets on the day on the hour they were released I didn't and I thought oh should get some tickets just log on let's get some tickets also there couldn't get them I was well pissed off because it was the first headline tour that I'd have missed what so what like how long was it after they released that you couldn't get them Oh, I, don't, I can't remember to be honest, but yeah, I think by the time they were releasing it, it already happened, hasn't it? Like they were, yeah. they were big when the album came out. Yeah, because you ch- chocolate and sex had already been all over on Radio One, and if you're a fourteen-year-old girl and those songs drop on Radio One, you are bang on that. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been 2014. All right. Would it have been? I know this, this isn't great podcasting, is it? With me just silent. <laughs> Do you remember that defining moment for us? Um, like they were always our band, weren't they? And we'd seen them in Manchester yeah. loads. And they ended up on the lineup for Live at Leeds, which is a bit like Dot to Dot in Manchester. And I'm sure there's loads of other ones in other cities where basically all the music venues are booked out on the same week and uh, on the same like couple of days or whatever. And the bands, uh, they're all just full of bands. And you just bounce between the venues and you can get in wherever you want. So we had tickets to see... The night seventy five at live at Leeds, but all, and also the neighbourhood were playing there too, right? Yeah. Um, and we uh, we'd always like it, like Junie says, we we could just always go, and it was never an issue. Uh, so live at Leeds, you 
couldn't book into a venue. You just had to go and queue outside individual venues. And I don't think the art well, the organizers definitely were not anticipating the level of popularity of the 1975 at that point. And neither were we because we played at Leeds Cockpit and we were going, Leeds Cockpit, pff, bit big for them, isn't it? Our 1975 <laughs> from Manchester. Um, and we got there maybe like an hour before their set was supposed to start. And it was there was a queue like round the block, but there's been bands playing all day, so it wasn't like the doors were going to open and the queue was going to disappear. The queue was just stuck because no one was leaving. Um, and I remember being sat inside like a takeaway across from Leeds Cockpit, yeah. like going through, um, go, going on Facebook and got like messaging, I think George and Matt, and just saying, "Listen, lads, we know like sure you're busy right now, but." We're outside. Is there any way you could get us in? And looking back now, you can see that the amount of there's probably a lot of naivety in that, um, because every one of the mates from school and shit, I'm sure, was there, and plus then people that have got close to him over over the time since. Um, we even messaged Jamie as well. Yeah, yeah, we were like, "Come on, guys!" And th- that was a real like, almost like a loss of innocence moment for like me. I was like, "Oh shit, we've lost him now." That's yeah. sort of over now, yeah. like, and um, that, uh, and that was it. We were never really in contact with them as much after that. That's sort of the end of the story of us seeing them and after gigs and them making the effort with us and stuff. They were we, so we were sat in this takeaway, realizing as other people were discovering them and having their first nineteen seventy five experience, it was a bit of a watershed moment for us when we were like, oh shit, um, like um, like a coming of age almost. It was it was weird. <laughs> There'd be sad music on in the uh, in the film. Yeah, absolutely. That's the great story. Yeah, I'll never forget sitting in that takeaway being thoroughly pissed off. We're gutted, weren't we? And we were. the... You didn't well, get in? No, we couldn't get in. There was no wow. chance. We would have had to have been there the whole day. Um so we went to watch the neighborhood in this huge hall uh, at Leeds Beckett, I think it was, where they do um, what's the festival they do in Leeds? The one where New Fan Quarry play every year. Oh, I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so there was, we went to see him in that massive hall, didn't we? And there's probably about 30 people in this massive hall. And we're like, probably the 1975 should have been here and the neighborhood should have been there. Yeah. But, <laughs> But, and that was sick anyway, getting to see the neighbourhood there. We were we were buzzing in hindsight, like, but just so like, oh shit, we've, we've lost our lads. And it was mad because we'd spent the last six months to a year posting them all over Facebook going, you guys are sleeping on this band, they're going to do fucking crazy things, like get on it. And then it was that moment when everyone had got on it and we were like, ah shit, actually don't get on it, they're ours. <laughs> This, uh, oh, I should probably get the Skype up. I can actually see what I'm uh, showing you. This is the Instagram that I did in the uh, takeaway when we were no pissed off. No way, that's mental. Yeah, what is it? Is it an upside down chair? It's just a broken chair, but it was on the 4th of May 2013. There you go. That's, that's then- pre album. Yeah, yeah, so they were already gone, man. Like Yeah, yeah, so and then so I'm glad my you managed to date that. And you forgot your ticket, didn't you? Oh no wonder you couldn't get in. 
Oh, I know. I just had to go buy another live at Leeds ticket, so it wasn't like uh, yeah. make a major deal to us in the end. Um, the festival wasn't sold out. Yeah. So on that day, the third of May, my Instagram's out of the neighbourhood. Little comets, that chair, <laughs> tribes. Dutch Uncles. Yeah, we went to a big venue and saw Dutch Uncles, didn't we, after? Yeah. And that was it for the bands on that day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it must have been 2014 when I couldn't get tickets because I forgot they were popular. Um, but I, just, I happened quite close to that. I happened to see him in Odd Bar in Manchester. This is Matt Healy, who I happened to see. He was out with John. Um so I went over to speak to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went over to speak to him. He gave me a hug. He recognised me. Made me feel like a big man. <laughs> you are a big man. <laughs> don't need my healing for that. Um, and he's like, oh, you're coming to the show? I was really embarrassed to be like, no. I was like, I couldn't get tickets. I forgot you were popular. And he's like, oh, just just give me a shout. I'll, I'll get your guest list. No, you won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's exactly what went through my head. It's just like one of those, yeah, a side moments going, yes, that would be great. But inside my head, I'm thinking, you'll just ignore me. (laughs) Um, And that was the last time I saw Matthew Timothy Healy. Yeah, in a public place. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, it made it sad. But it was... It's an important part of the story, right? I guess that's it what is, we're... It is, though, because... Is. But also, there's this. What's that? Can't that is Stone Cold. Yeah. Some Stone Cold merch. Likes. Tree Bill oh. Black. Oh. Yeah. when he followed me. Bastards. Go on, Josh. Some, some, sum up the story. No, well, like you just said, it's you said it's an important part, but you, you've almost you like you say you've pinpointed the moment when it they went from being local Manchester band with so much potential to that's it they've arrived. Yeah, man. and I think you knew like because you said they were doing stuff different to other bands at the time, like Ross and George were playing, like the yeah. rhythm section was just different to everything else. Like you guys knew that you know the the ceiling wasn't going to be playing venues and knocking around Manchester. Yeah, it was going to be well. I mean, they still they still haven't found the ceiling at the moment, have they? No. Like you just knew the potential that they had, and like they, because uh, I don't think you know. I think it will have happened to other bands, maybe more gradually. But I think, I think with these, you, you knew it was inevitable that this was going to happen. I think it's just that people were just so fanatical about them from so early on. Because, like you say, before before they released the album. And you couldn't get tickets to that. Well, so, I mean, and then it goes from there. What was the release date on the album, Josh? Second September, September, yeah. So, just the week before the album came out, they played Festival Republic stage at Leeds and Reading, and you could not get in that tent. We did. Yeah, Junior? Yeah, we did. And we saw a girl pissing. Yeah. 
but <laughs> we did but like so you can we, we knew because we'd had that live at leeds experience we dragged fucking 10 people who did not give a yeah. fuck about the episode <laughs> to that 10 hours before they were due to come on because we were fucking having it um and do you remember who we saw on at the back of the stage no go on so well the 975 were on Tim and Louis Healy were at the side of the stage watching. Uh, Ruby okay. cried. Yeah. Um, and but as it filled up, who, who was that? Who was that? But was it Swim Deep who were on before him? Yeah, it was Swim Deep. Yeah. So Swim Deep and uh, Swim Deep must have been thinking, "Fucking hell, everyone loves us. Look how full this." <laughs> oh wait, no, it's only five and five after us. Shit. Um, and you, I remember like looking up at this tent was just getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And again, just like live at Leeds, the organisers of the Leeds Fest must have been going, fuck this up, didn't we, lads? Who could have predicted this? They <laughs> <laughs> should have asked and, us. I know, yeah. And then you, you <laughs> missed the trick there. Didn't with, uh, and because we were such fanboys, right, and especially me, like the, the few of the guys were taking the piss out of us, and they, um, they like lifted us up and, uh, I remember Matt giving me just this confused look, like, what the fuck are you doing here? And, um, but yeah. And he, was, and he managed to sing Girls, and he was really impressed. Ah, yeah, 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 true. Um, but I remember looking over all the crowd and seeing that this, the crowd went on forever through the entrances to the tent, and you were like, shit, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that when we came in. Um, and they had screens on the outside of the tent as well, but it would have been strange to see that, because I bet the head, you know, the main arena headline stage must have been a bit quiet at that point. It was like, this is one of the afternoons. I think um, it was Sunday the 25th in in Leeds. So, but it was like two or three in the afternoon. It wasn't a late night set. But well, yeah, yeah, it was that done. So, so this is, so this is 2013 as well. So this is the so week before the album drops. Yeah, yeah. And then live at Leeds must have been a month, maybe two months before. Um. So the the there and the smack like imagine being in the band at that point like holy shit they can't like the flat event promoters can't keep up with how big we're getting they make a decision and by the time they, we actually play it's the wrong decision. Do you know what though? I've just thought that what chocolate will have been released though, won't it? Well, yeah, chocolate had been out on the EPs and it and sex and the city. So the, but, it, no, but like that when it came out as the lead single on the album. Ah, ah right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that will have got so much radio play. That, but even then, that's just that one song, and it's like you know that's the reception it's getting. We will get into more in the chocolate episode, you know. Yeah, it, it already felt like a movement though at that point, and but I knew by the time we left Leeds on that Sunday that um, they were the worlds then. They weren't ours anymore. Uh, <laughs> so shall we let's let's so let's get into the specifics of the what is actually on the album so we mentioned it there that sex chocolate city are on the eps um in terms of like the order of the songs on it what was on it what wasn't on it what knowing the songs and knowing the band before the album came out from the EPs, what did you think when you got the track listing and you were listening to the songs? I think to, to do what wasn't on it, like there was, um, I mean, go to your favorite video streaming website and put Ghosts in. Like that was a really important song we were expecting to be on it, especially in the context we were used to them 
recycling songs we already knew. Do you know what I mean? We knew Robbers was hitting. Yeah. We knew Sex, Chocolate, The City was going to be on it. And then this song Ghost was a total vibe. Um, and it never made it on. But there's always rumours of him like revisiting it for like the latest album every time an album comes out. So I still hope it will be there. But that was like, I was like, oh, is this, they've, they've not done that one. But maybe they just thought it didn't fit the whole holistic piece of art that they were creating for that, you know, for the whole album. I think, um, obviously, I can't comment on that as such, but just, just running order-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's just, I think it's perfect, really. <laughs> yeah, man. Way, that's that's why some songs maybe just have to get dropped because he ruined the flow or where were they going to fit? See, it just flow so nicely. I think the only it does it just flow perfectly, but I think looking at it like the only thing that I think is a little strange is the placement of the. Um, the instrumental tracks so I feel like if you if I was thinking about it I feel like an instrumental track would then be the prelude up to something big on the album so if you take a look at the second album you've got the song I like it when you sleep that comes before the sound and then like when you listen when you listen to the album in full you've got the instrumental and that's you know it's quite a long one and then that drops into the sound you're like oh my god it's almost like the way it was worth it for the sound but on this, you've got like an encounter, and that goes into heart out, and then you've got twelve, and that goes into she way out. I just think that the placement of those is just a little odd. But then, just in terms of the full context of the album, it just works. Yeah. Like, yes, I think you, so. You'd expect the interludes to be followed by singles, as like as if they were palate cleansers that really like hit you in the face and go, "Yeah, this is what our, you know, this is the big song right after it." Um, yeah, almost because if we're looking, if you're looking at looking at it cinematically, mm. you'd think it's almost like it's broken up into three acts. Because Go on. well, because you've got like is there is that a train going past your eyes, Matt? <laughs> it is. Can you hear that? Yeah, uh, yeah, you can. I thought you'd turn the washer on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going for a wee. Um. But yeah, so like you've got if you got to think of it like three acts. So like the opening, the nineteen seventy five, and then from the city to talk is your first act. Uh and then like an encounter to girls is your second act. And then twelve to is there somebody who can watch you? Yeah. Is your third act. Yeah. It's uh, I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's how we'll do that's how we'll do the musical when we inevitably get asked to produce it. Oh my god, we'll be like Ben Elton and we were rock you out. Yeah, I love a bit of that. But I mean that's what you know, going back to saying like I don't think anything this band do is by accident. I'm yeah. looking at that. I don't I don't think that structuring the album in this way at all is by accident. No. It was yeah, it was great. I mean, there, there was there was other songs that we hoped would be on there, like that we'd heard, and um, it'd been up and down off MySpace and stuff. Like uh, the Go um, was a, a really big one. Like you've heard the Go now, Josh, right? What did you yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. What like did you like that? I mean, maybe that's worth its own episode. Like, um, yeah, release stuff. The schedules, don't worry, they're on the spreadsheet. Oh, oh, are they on the spreadsheet already? So they're on the spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh shit. 
This is the most organised thing I've ever done in my life, by the way. Ah, is it going on your CV? I um, organised and created a podcast. Do you know what? I think you might have to, you know. It is like it does show a lot of like organisational skill and shiz, doesn't it? I'm on a. I'm just looking at this chat list on Spotify now, and every now and then your name jumps up because it's uh, you're playing a different 1975 song. <laughs> ha ha ha! That's funny. <laughs> Are you currently listening to Settle Down? Um, I'm not. I'm listening to Robbers right now. Uh, it's a bit behind in that case. Yeah, but it's... uh, I'm so... You can imagine my experience right now is really vibey. I'm listening to the first album in the background, like, mixed in with your voices. Uh, Right, if you had to say, what's your favourite song on the album? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a difficult one. I'm... I'm gonna have to just look at the uh, actual tracks. I can't think. I, I love... if, oh, would it be would it be more difficult or easier to pick three? Mm-hmm. I'll give you my favourite album track, right? So it's like you can't really put the Chocolate City sex into it. Let's. But for me, She Way Out is just my vibe, right? And it's sort of, as I've grown up, it's sort of become my music taste distilled down to one song. Like, I'll almost mm. be like, when I'm judging a song, it'll almost be, to what extent is it like She Way Out? Because that's what I'm <laughs> And uh, I, I love that tune, man. And I, I think it is so fantastic. About, I think there's so much original about it so much different to what anybody else would have been producing at that time um i think it's great so that's way up there for me i mean i'm not gonna say it's gonna ever gonna overtake you know me and me and my fucking childhood mates jumping up and down going she's got a boyfriend anyway um but as as an album track it's a vibe i think you uh, yeah i think you said it like Sex is my favourite song. Capiche? <laughs> yeah, yeah. End um, of podcast. Yeah. Thank you for uh, listening. I said watching then because I'm, lo- I'm looking at you down the corner of my screen. And you... I right, okay. I think um, best... Oh, God, it is difficult. Best... Right, I was going to say girls. Yeah, girls. Yeah. I think girls because I think, like I said before, I remember the first time I... Not the first time I heard it, but the first time I listened to it and really paid attention. And it, it was it was it was almost on listening that it was the realization, right? This band are really doing something different. Yeah. And also, we'll, obviously, we'll get into it for that episode. But just the just the makeup of that whole song lyrically, just the way it sounds is just so good. And just the and as well, just the opening of the. I've got a can, but it's empty. So I can't do the I can't do the ah. opening, <laughs> but I just love that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opener sound. I don't really want to refer to it as, but it is good. It's, a little, it's almost like it's a little like hip hop motif, like hip hop have like sound effects isn't the right word to explain it. No, but I know what you mean. Little bits of stuff thrown in, and that again, it just comes back to like you know stuff deriving from like other genres that you wouldn't expect. So overall, then, did you like the album's at least a five out of ten? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, minimum. C+. <laughs> Go on then, Matt, what's yours? I'm just looking at all the tracks now and it's so difficult. <sighs> I remember as well why you decided. It robbers. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, when when I asked you, well, after the second album came out, what you you know, which one was your favourite? I remember you saying that one of the reasons why you like this one over the second album more is because you saw its development. You were there for it. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my podcast content is stuff you said five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah, well, such a difficult be... question. Because yeah. different songs are for different moments, aren't they? And like Dan said, nothing beats jumping up and down to sex. But is it a better song than Robbers? And I don't think it is. Yeah, it's a piece you know, of standalone art. Yeah. I I mean the the the, the sex episode is going to be so long. I know it already. This has been a long one, but I think just a quick prelude. I think sex. It's almost a perfect song. You know. It is very every perfect. every line, every single part of it. I think it's almost yeah. It's perfect. It's so good. And uh, Danny now says that you listen to Shiwaya. I've, I've just clicked on sex, but Shiwaya, as oh, I was talking about... behind. Yeah, oh, as I was yeah. talking about Shiwaya and getting all emotional about how it defines my entire taste in music, I was listening to it getting turful. <laughs> right, so... Shiwaya. I think we're there, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm all. I think we're there. So, first... This is it now. This is it for at least till the end of 2021. First, first 975 album track done. First review of the first 975 album done. Sick. 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 Right, so, yeah, if you've got any stories about how you first discovered the band, if you've met the band or anything like that, uh, we'll read them out on the show. So you can email us at pauseitplayitpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at the1975pod or you can just search pauseitplayitpod on Twitter. Either of them work. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm under as Josh William without the vowels on Twitter and Instagram. Matt, where can the uh, listeners find you? I am on both Twitter and Instagram under the same handle of Junior, but it's not spelt Junior, it's spelt Jew, as in the f- a follower of the Jewish religion. Knee, as in the bend in your leg. Knee. Or, as in okay. either or. Okay, I found this on the web for is in the band in oh. your leg. Check it out. <laughs> Every week, thank, Siri goes thank off. Thank you. I love it. Thank you for that, Siri. So yeah, Junior, as in follower of the religion, knee, and then O-R. And you, you can't find me anywhere, so uh, just come back here no. and help you. So. Dan has stayed in some social media, so... Yeah, I reckon we could find him at the new Diamond Chippy frequently. New Diamond <laughs> Chippy, that'll be me. Mine's a, a special fried rice and a salt and pepper chips. Have you seen, are you, uh, chips are excellent. 
Have you seen that um, that thing on Twitter that someone once tweeted? Um, so you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice, and then <laughs> so many, but then like loads because you know like accounts that are like just like joke accounts they just like rob each other's jokes yeah so many accounts robbed that joke it became it's so meta but it like when somebody tweeted that it became a joke itself to tweet it it was almost like ironically tweet this joke <laughs> so in a few years and everyone's forgot i'm gonna tweet that thing and then people are gonna think that i'm hilarious uh, <laughs> I'm right, so voice in my ears. It's a, it's a game changer. I'm gonna. I don't know. I need to do this forever. <laughs> Shit, we're still recording. We're not surprised. <laughs> yeah, we're still recording. We've, we've not oh. officially said bye. Right, so yeah, we'll be back next week with the city. Uh, we're still going to be in lockdown, so we're going to be back on. Um, we're going to be back on Skype. But yeah, go back and listen to our. If you've not listened already, listen to our tracks about the EPs. Um, Face Down has got the story of how Matt and Dan first discovered the 975 and how they sort of hung about with them back in the day. Uh, there is some uh, there is some great stories on there, actually. Stuff I didn't know as well, actually. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Peace. Thanks very much. Yes. <laughs>